You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. Happy Friday. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. I'm happy to have you rocking with me today. Do yourself a favor, download and subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for you today. Top five quarterbacks in ACC. I want to see if you guys are on the same page as I am when it comes to the top five quarterbacks in the ACC. Some might surprise you. Some are pretty obvious. Again, as you know, this is a Mac Brown stand account, so you know where I'm leaning. But who is my number one? You'll find out today. More importantly, I've got a guest. I always love when people stop by. Assistant strength and conditioning coach Miles Brown joins my show. We talk Tar Heels, and more importantly, we just talk about the wellness of the athletes as a whole, especially in this crazy environment of COVID. I've got a look ahead next week. We're talking about Boston College. All eyes are focused. We finally get a game over here in Chapel Hill, and I'm excited about it, so let's get into it, shall we? Since most ACC teams will be playing today, or tomorrow, I should say, I wanted to look at the top five QBs leading the ACC charge. The guys from the huddle said Trevor Lawrence was number one and asked how we would rank the top five QB. So I was like, you know what? I'll take on the challenge because why not? So I'm going to go from five, four, three, two down to one. They said Trevor Lawrence. Will it be Trevor Lawrence for me? You'll have to find out. All right. So up first, Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech. If Virginia Tech gets an opportunity to play this season, because all because <laughs> we all know it's a little crazy over there in Blacksburg, Hendon Hooker is the guy to watch. Okay. With all the craziness up there, I'm hoping folks get the chance to see this man play. He is from the 336. Shout out to Greensboro. Started eight games last season, accounted for over 1,900 yards, 18 touchdowns, and only two interceptions. So he can definitely control the ball and manage the game well. In his season opener, however, against NC State, he'll split time with Braxton Burmeister, but I believe he'll take over for good should the Hokies get a chance to go. So keep thoughts and prayers over there on Blacksburg. Coach Wintez wasn't sounding too positive, but you never know. Now, coming in at number four, I have Sam Howell. I know you assumed he was going to be number one, but I got you. Okay. He's had a slow start to his sophomore campaign compared to all the hype from his freshman season. The chance to pad his stats at the Charlotte game was taken away from him for his second game, but I'm hoping he'll get the chance to show us what Carolina fans already know. Sam's a proven leader, and he can put the heels into college football playoff consideration if UNC's talent steps up with him. So the Daz Newsoms, the Deami Browns of the world, all they got to do is just make Sam look better. And, you know, I'm all for that. Period. Malik Cunningham comes in at number three. Now, I read an interesting article about him. Sometimes he goes by Mikhail. Sometimes he goes by Malik. All just dependent upon how he feels for the year. But this year, he's going by Malik. He is <laughs> the leading throw. He has the lead for 650 yards with throwing yards throwing yards and six touchdowns his size and speed will be something for all of us to keep our eyes on and of course you'll see Lamar Jackson comparisons because I'll let you google why (laughs) google Malik Cunningham from Louisville and you tell me why they're going to compare Lamar Jackson to him he was actually named to the Davy O'Brien watch list which is given to the nation's top QB at the end of the season and he was named preseason four team all ACC and all ACC third team by pick six previews so So again, Malik might make some noise over there in Louisville. Number two, is it Derek? We're going to go Derek. 
because I don't know what the apostrophe is giving me. It should give me a slight pause, a, a slight pause, but I'm just going to say Derek King. <laughs> you call him Derek, whatever fits your boat, okay? He's new to the ACC, but he is not new to the college football world. This Houston transfer has already lit up the ACC scene and may be may just be the answer to the Hurricanes' prayers. He's got a team off to a hot two and no start and looks to continue making waves in the ACC. He's already thrown four touchdowns and zero interceptions, similar to number one pick, who I'll tell you next. But could he take the crown from Sunshine? That drops a hint to my who my number one is. I'm sure you already know number one, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. A bit of a struggle there when um, you're considering all the crappy team crappy teams in the NFL who are like, come on, I really want to tank for Trevor, but he is not currently being put into the Heisman conversation. In my opinion, the way that he should be, when when they all first started, Trevor Lawrence was the man, nobody other than, but now you got Derrick King knocking on that door. You know, now you've got the guy from Oklahoma, Rattler, knocking on that door. So it won't be a shoe-in for Trevor Lawrence. However, the way he has thrown the ball, the way he has been in college football playoff championship games, you know Trevor just plays with a different kind of leadership. The way he's led off-season, this off-season, more importantly, is why he's my number one. Because someone who looks like Sunshine, who's leading the cause to say, hey, we all need to wake up and pay attention and be better allies, I'm here for that. Period. <laughs> I'm here for anyone who is willing to recognize that they need to play a part in helping the world change. That's my five QBs for you. I hope you enjoyed my top five. If you want to debate about it more, follow me at Candace Kubu and we'll have this conversation and we can go from there. I think all these QBs will be exciting to see as we continue this 2020 wild season. I'm hoping they've stocked their shelves with a built bar because they're going to need all the strength to survive this 2020 roller coaster. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. With 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate, Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use a promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Always my favorite part of shows when we get to bring people on and talk Carolina Tar Heels. I've got Miles Brown, the assistant strength and conditioning coach for the football team, to talk to me today. Miles, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. Let's talk about your comeback to Chapel Hill. You joined the North Carolina football strength and conditioning staff in the summer of 2020 after graduating from Carolina. How does it feel to be back home? It feels great. Um, I'm from North Carolina. been living here since I was 10 years old. Like you said, graduated from here. Uh, I know a bunch of the team. Was an intern last. Uh, so I, I couldn't be happier with uh, with the opportunity to come back and work. Oh, you're from North Carolina. What part? So I moved to Wake Forest, um, North Carolina, uh, in 2005. So I was originally born in Boston, Massachusetts, but you know I've been here longer than I was up there. So I'm definitely a, a Southerner now. Definitely can say I'm from North Carolina. What high school did you go to? I actually went to high school in Virginia. Um, I went to a school called Woodbury Forest. Gotcha. So, you know, North Carolina people always judge by what high school people went to. So, just so you know. Yep. And I'm not a part of that conversation. So, I'm... <laughs> Was coming back to Carolina always your goal or a dream of yours to be able to work there? Uh, I would say it was definitely a dream. Uh, I did not see it really as a goal after my time interning here last year. Uh, I was blessed enough to get a job in another part of the country, and 
and you know I went up there expect for you um hopefully longer but got the call from coach Hess earlier this summer and and it was too good of an opportunity to turn down absolutely now you spent some time doing other sports besides football do you have a favorite sport to train uh I would definitely say football is where I'm the most comfortable I've, I've had the opportunity to coach athletes from volleyball women's lacrosse basketball soccer um men's and women's uh but being a former football player myself I think I'm just I kind of know the ins and outs of the game the demands of the sport it really helps me to kind of lock in uh when training football players so I'd say I'm the most comfortable there but not my favorite I mean I've had a lot of good experiences training athletes from other sports no doubt so what's the most difficult thing you would say about training college athletes and what's the most rewarding so I I think the most difficult is that you're working with college athletes, um, 18 to 23 year old kids who are, you know, dealing with stresses from all areas of their life, academically, socially, um, spiritually. And then they come into a weight room or a a gym setting and we put more stress on their bodies physically. Uh, You know, us, us as strength coaches, we're definitely more regimented people, um, I think, because we know we've had experience that, you know, if you do A plus B, that it will equal C, you know, or these programs will work out for you. You will get the results that you want. Um, but it doesn't always work like that with college athletes. You know, sometimes they don't sleep as well as they need to, or they don't get the nutrition that they should be getting, um, or they don't make the best decisions outside of the weight room. Uh, and, and when those things happen, you have to be able to adjust um, to get away from your original plan and and do what's best for those athletes at any of those given times. Absolutely. So when the potential of not playing, you know, week in and week out, obviously Charlotte game was canceled. How flexible do you guys have to be as a training staff? I, I know you guys build these programs around, you know, playing games and then working out when there's off weeks and stuff like that. How flexible have y'all had to be in that regard with everything going on this season? It's been, it's been the most wild season I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Um, not just from from you know the the COVID stand, uh, side of things, but the, everything going on around the country with social justice. It's been constant um, adapting to new circumstances. Uh, kids or guys testing positive, contact tracing. One day, you know, people will be able to train. The next day, they won't. Then we, you know, we lose half the team, or we lose however many people were contact traced because of all these new medical guidelines. It's been it's definitely been rough because, like I said, strength and conditioning coaches, we like things on a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and we like to know when, when guys are coming in, what work they're going to do, um, when they're going to leave, all of those things. So I think it, it's, a, it's, it's the best way to keep athletes locked in. But uh, when you don't have that, you have to be able to adapt. And we have gotten a lesson in adaptability this offseason. Uh, coach Hess, our, our head strength and conditioning coach, has done a great job of not just writing a program that uh, fits everyone's needs as far as the the general goals of the team, reconditioning guys coming back from that long break, but working with those athletes who were either quarantined or contact traced or were coming back from having the virus and, and needed to ease into things a little bit more. Uh, we, we've been able to, luckily we've got five on staff here and we've been able to delegate all of those different programs and responsibilities amongst ourselves and, really give every individual the the stimulus of the, the training program that they've needed. 
Absolutely. Now, training the body, of course, is important. But like you mentioned, with social injustice going on in our society every single day, training the mind is super important. How have you poured into these guys, especially your African-American players, just keeping them afloat? Because I'm sure football isn't everything we know. So how have you kind of encouraged them to still kind of focus when it is time to train and what have you? I think that what Coach Brown has done a great job of here is making it a conversation that the guys lead uh you know when the athletes have something to say they're encouraged to do so uh during our team meetings he opens up time for guys to speak um if they have anything on their hearts they'd like to share um you know i'm sure everybody's seen the video that he put out regarding black lives matter um he's been constantly working with all of our guys trying to find you know his own holes and his understandings um he's challenged his staff from position coaches to strength and conditioning coaches to, you know, challenge themselves, challenge, you know, where their own blind spots might be. And it's led to a lot of productive conversations, not just among players and players, but along players and staff, staff and staff. Absolutely. Uh, well, staff and staff, have y'all had to have some eye-opening conversations to where there are blind spots? Because we know a lot of those guys don't look like us, but still they need to be educated in, in certain regards. Absolutely. Um, I can't speak to all of the position coaches I'm not privy to all of those meetings but I can definitely say that you know with the the coaches I work with on a daily basis especially in the strength and conditioning department we have had some some challenging conversations um discussing our own opinions uh and really trying to listen to one another um not really make it one-sided and and uh get to some sort of ground where we understand each other you know it's not perfect we we don't always see eye to eye, but I don't think that's the goal when you have a conversation or else it's it's not really a conversation. It's kind of a, a monologue. Right. Um, so it's it's continuous, it's ongoing, but I can definitely say it's been productive. And, you know, I'm just glad that the environment that's that Coach Brown has breeded here is, has really allowed us to do that. No doubt. Now, I'm going to switch back to training, what have you, and every course, all these incoming freshmen or guys who aspire to be Tar Heels, what would you tell them, especially the strength and conditioning coach, what did they need to do to get their mind right to get ready to come play for uh, Coach Brown? Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> that's that's tough. I, I want to give, you know, I could, I could go on that for an hour. Uh, right. It's there. There's so many things that I, you know, I would if I was just talking to my old high school self as a player that I would tell them. But um, it's a lot of things that some things that are out of their control. So, but I, I you know, I would I would tell them to to control the things that are within their control. Um, it, it doesn't take having the best coaches in the world or the best strength coach in the world in high school to do the little things properly, to show up on time, to get to bed on time, to study your playbook to follow rules, follow instructions, do what you're being told at practices, do what you're being told in lifts, make eye contact. Uh, just the very small things that everyone can do that way when they show up in this building and they are given the coaching that we give them. Um, I think I'm biased and I'd say that we have some of the best coaches in the country around here. Um, those, those little things, being able to show that you care and that you're coachable will go farther than any, you know, specific training program I could give you um you know at whatever point if you get selected to come here or you decide to commit here you decide to come to Carolina um you know we're, they're going to come 
we're going to take you, we're going to mold you into exactly what you need to be to be successful in this system. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it's necessarily giving athletes the right program or the right exercise to do. It's, it's getting them to understand that when they come here, they're going to be expected to learn, be expected to listen, be expected to be respectful and take coaching. Um, and, you know, eventually be able to build on every day's work to get better day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, so that when they leave here, they're the best product of themselves and then hopefully, you know, be able to catch the eyes of NFL scouts. That is beautifully said. I couldn't have said it better myself. I don't know if you know, this is a Mac Brown stand account, so Mac can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> Nobody can talk bad about my guy. I'm just going to sit here and say, like, I don't. Even, if it's fall fake, I don't want to know because I'm tapped in, right? Like, I'm 100 Yeah, I hear you. Brown. But, it's you know, deserved. It's deserved. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he's handled this situation better than a lot of guys. And sometimes we've seen in social media standpoints, it's better if you don't know how to say something and articulate it in a positive way. It's okay to shut up. <laughs> you know, can be sure. statements. And you can tell Mac just has definitely the practice to speak. And it seems to be genuine. So again, stand account over here. But if folks want to follow you and get on the Miles Brown train to learn more about training and stuff like that, where can they go to follow you and your work? Uh, I am on Instagram uh, at Coach Miles Brown, Miles with Y M Y L E S. Um, I'm not on Twitter right now. The guys tell me every day I got to get a Twitter account. Apparently, you know <laughs> everything goes down on Twitter, but I just I haven't hopped on the train. So just for now, Instagram at Coach Miles Brown. Man, you do need to get on the Twitter train. That I mean, <laughs> Brown can have a Twitter. You need a Twitter. I'm sure there's right. older guys who are up there on Twitter just to tweet every now and again you know all that yeah you know (laughs) I'll work on it I'll work on it absolutely well Miles I appreciate your time I appreciate your conversation and I look forward to rooting you guys on as we go throughout this season as wild as it may be I hope we get to however many games we got left but I can sincerely wish you guys nothing but the best. Absolutely, Candace. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you haven't already done so, make sure you are following, downloading, and subscribing to Locked on Tar Heels podcast. If you haven't left five-star reviews yet, I'm not sure what you're doing. Leave me the best comment of the week. That would make my weekend if y'all let a, left a comment just to say how much you love the podcast. I would appreciate that. Even if you hate it, just leave five stars anyway, four stars, whatever, whatever you can do to hype up the system. I would greatly appreciate that for sure. Make sure that you are gearing up for next week because we are in full Boston College mode. We're hitting the reset button. You know, Syracuse was a little getting our feet wet. We decided, you know, we just want to play a little football here or there. Charlotte gave us a little extra time to prep. You know, all the kinks are out of our system. We thought we were going to have to dominate them. But, you know, the Lord saw different, and that's right on fine. But we go on ahead to week three considering and we're about to dominate to boston college and pick up right where we left off on our 11 and 0 campaign now it'll be 10 and 0 so period we're ready for 10 and 0 that's what tar heels are going to be this season i believe in the same way that clemson can believe they're going to be undefeated so i can believe that carolina's going to be undefeated you let me know otherwise by following me at candace d cooper or you can talk smack to me on locked on heels whatever floats your boat i'm ready to do it i'm full eyes and focused on beating Boston College next week. So we're going to have those conversations. We're going to break down what the coaches are looking at and break down who we need to keep our eyes on in the Boston College world. More importantly, what Mac Brown's going to say, how he's going to get this team prepared and how he's going to get them focused. I'm a little nervous. 
you know, after we the game two is always the deciding factor of how a season might go. So I'm feeling the rust a little bit, but I'm going to turn my way through just like I hope you're doing. More importantly, I want you to be smart and safe this weekend. I hope that you stay out of trouble. Just do the smart and wise things so we can keep watching these Carolina Tar Heels. Okay, that's all I need you to do. Have a great weekend. And as always, go here. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.